Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. Hey, Danny. You want to talk about some country music? I don't. That's <laughs> why there's another person here so that I don't have to. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. One, Mr. Grady Smith. You may know him from such YouTube videos as This Beat is Killing Country Music. He is my number one source for everything I know about country music, so I figured I should bring him in. Say hi to the people, everyone. Mr. Smith. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You have one of my very favorite YouTube channels ever, and I'm pumped to talk a little bit about bro country today. <laughs> you have a YouTube channel? Yes, he has a YouTube channel. Yeah, it's just no, I wish I, I had talking, a cool name. I was name. talking about you. Oh, oh, oh yes, you. I also have a YouTube channel. <laughs> but for the purposes of this podcast, this is the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. today we are doing two of uh, the biggest country songs of like the last decade, right? Like, I, I can't think of many bigger. It is. Wait, what are we doing? We are doing. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing Jason Aldean's Dirt Road Anthem versus Cruise by Florida Georgia Line. My favorite. <laughs> it's pretty different than y'all's last podcast. I was sitting here listening last night to the Lisa Loeb versus Natalie Imbruglia one. And I was just chuckling mm. because I stand the song Torn. And yet <laughs> also one of the very first shows I ever saw was Lisa Loeb. Before Lisa Loeb had her only hit, I saw Lisa Loeb play live when I was like eight. Oh, wow. That's uh, so a this memory. is a pretty different. This is pretty different territory, though. Yeah, well, I was, you know, I was curious about both of these because I'm I'm kind of in and out of country music. I'm not super into it like I was when I was a kid. So I was like, well, let's see what my favorite country music YouTuber, Grady Smith, thinks about Florida Georgia Line. And I clicked up on a, one of the videos and you actually know Georgia and or Florida. I... <laughs> yeah, Brian Kelly, I he's like the taller one in the group is probably strangely the biggest reason I went full time as a YouTuber is because he saw that video. This beat is killing country music and personally DM me and then called me up and was like, dude, I think you should pursue this full time. I know you don't really like our music, but I don't really care. <laughs> like, I just think you're good at this and you should do it. And thus began one of the stranger relationships I have in my life. I mean, I, I pretty quickly saw, I do not want to try and be friends with any artists because it's, it's awkward to, like not like a lot of Florida Georgia line music and yet <laughs> talk to someone in the band that is a fan of my channel. But um, he's a kind guy. But yeah, there's they've got they've got some really cool songs and they got some trash. You know, that's a that's why I choose to be as unfriendly as possible to everybody. So <laughs> I, ne- I never have this issue. Well, let's uh, let's get a baseline reading first. Which is better, Dirt Road Anthem or Cruise? Danny? <laughs> Poor Danny is not a country guy, so this has been a very difficult couple of weeks for him trying to prepare for this. I don't look. I'll I'll say uh, on the podcast what I said to you, Todd, before we started, which is I don't have an answer to this question because no matter how many times I listened to these songs, it was like every time they came on, my brain turned smooth as ice, and I just there was nothing about any of the hooks or any aspect of that song that like there was nothing to cling on to for me. I couldn't tell you why. I don't. I don't. So I don't know. Wow. Uh, Cruise They're... sounds more like a like a pop song to me. Um, the 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 dirty dirt 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 road <laughs> anthem song. That's uh, I guess that sounds like a country song. But like, which one is better? I I genuinely could not tell you. I have no no idea. I, I don't. I don't want to say these are like boring songs or even standard songs because they're like pretty top tier as far as like success goes. It's like one of the first country songs you'd think of of the, of the 2010s but there is something kind of standard about them i guess 
dirt roads, girls, cars, girls in cars. Basically, the deal is... That, that's basically um, the entire decade of country music right there. Yeah, country music, for me, only has one path into my brain, and it's folk music. So if it's like folky country music, then it gets in. Everything else just sounds like um, some kind of twangy twang. My opinion on country is not good, but that's why we have somebody that actually knows about country music. <laughs> okay, let's... So I can, like, ask questions and be the, the ignorant one, and then anybody that's like me gets to hopefully, like, I'll ask questions that will help them. All right. Well, let's ask our as- expert. You and uh, apparently friend of one of the artists on... In the contest, which would you say is your favorite of these two? Okay, loose, loose, loose friend, I would say. But <laughs> I, Best I, I am like at his wedding. <laughs> I am gonna say "Cruise" by Florida Georgia Line is the superior of these two songs. Really, I, I wouldn't have guessed. I feel like, in the most basic terms, like "Cruise" is the thesis statement of Florida Georgia Line, whereas Dirt Road Anthem is just like a thing Jason Aldean did once. They're both hugely popular. They both had a rap remix, but I feel like <laughs> Cruise is is like the zenith of Florida Georgia Line and Dirt Road Anthem is like Jason Aldean being bored and lucking out. Well it's it's a funny thing, you know, I you know, I know Florida Georgia Line a little better than Jason Aldean, so I went into the the entire every top five hit he ever had. There's like two dozen of them. And because I wanted to prepare Danny for this episode, I was like, I sent him a few of like his bigger hits. It's like, you, this one might come up, this one might come up. So you get the whole Jason Aldean experience. And then when he got to Florida Georgia line and I was, I was like, actually, you don't really need to know any more Florida Georgia line songs. <laughs> there you go. Wait. All right. So I have a, I do have a question. This is, this is going to be my, my cheat way for having an an- answer to the question of which is better. Mm-hmm. Um, has Jason Aldean ever done a track with BB Rexa? <laughs> he might have. Uh, no, he's done one with Kelly Clarkson. Um, yes. So, so here's the deal: whoever didn't do a track with BB Rexa wins. <laughs> <laughs> if you like BB Rexa, that is again. I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum, but I cannot think of a singer that I have found to be more forgettable. And more boring in the last decade than her. Well, you know what's so- I don't dislike her. I just, again, it's that same thing where my brain goes smooth and I can't connect. Well, what's so frustrating, uh, if you're a country chart hawk, BB Rexa is like an extreme object of ire for a lot of country fans because when Billboard rejiggered all the rules of how songs charted and even if something's getting play on a pop radio station, if it's categorized as a country song, that still counts as. Uh, this country airplay. So that song meant to be with BB Rexa and Florida Georgia Line is the longest running number one country song of all time. And it like slaughtered all of these huge classics by people like, you know, Hank Williams and stuff along the way to getting what many people view as a pretty sham record. But yes, BB Rexa, queen of country music uh, that has already <laughs> been forgotten. Yeah, just real, just 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 checking in, right? So that that song is yes, it's very big. It lasted a long time. I listened to it as as I was preparing for this. It's not good, is it? 
Is that a good song? Not I'd, really. Meant Definitely to be? Not. Is that a good one? No. I don't. So no. I, as somebody that has no, like, really, I have no authority to speak on country music at all. So, like, I listened to it and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is bad, but I'll check. It's like the insidious kind of bad because it's just, it's there. It's just, it, it's just sort of a pleasant vibe. And I would say every genre is better at establishing a vibe uh, than country music, but country music's whole thing is it has the best words. It has the best stories. Uh, that's what has made the genre so famous. And yet here we are with this giant hit song where the chorus is literally, if it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be baby. If it's meant to be, is that really a worse chorus than the two songs we're here to talk about? Definitely, it's a worse course. I think Cruise is kind actually, of beautiful. Yeah, actually, it is a, it is a worse course. I'm, I'm okay. I'll give you that. But how much worse? Are, are do either of these songs have a great chorus? Okay, I think they're. I think the song Cruise. I think as dumb as this is, baby, you a song. You make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. I think calling a. I think calling this girl a song is romantic. I think there's something poetic about it. But I feel as someone that loves to listen to music while driving. They just like said my favorite feeling. You make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. I don't know why. I think that's like just sort of a, a driving poetic line. Maybe I'm giving it too much credit, but I think it's simple and it works. Okay, I'll tell you this. I just moved out of New York City this year. Partly was because I miss driving and I, <laughs> I hate New York public transportation. And I do get that driving and listening to music is great i've listened to more music now that i live in california than i did in like seven years of living in new york that said i i feel like saying girl you make me want to drive is not really a compliment (laughs) i think it's the feeling of euphoria yeah but you so you reviewed this song on that youtube channel that you supposedly have yeah, this is the first song I've ever covered on the uh, on the sh- on my main show on YouTube that we're covering here on the podcast. I try not to be a little redundant, but but it's been five years, so I guess my my question is: Has your opinion on the song changed in five years? You know, it's a weird thing. Dirt Road Anthem was something I was vaguely aware of because I was living in a small town in Virginia when it was big, and even though I really wasn't listening to country music at the time, it was kind of unavoidable. But I never really had much of a reaction to it. Cruise, the first time I heard it, the original version in 2012, I hated instantly. And I was just like, this rubs me wrong. And I didn't really have the words for it yet because Jody Rosen had not coined the term bro country yet. Five years later, or eight years later, I guess, I don't know how I feel about it because I don't want to shit on it because it's proven so influential so it was like anything that has that that dictated the course of its entire genre feels like it deserves at least a little respect for doing something right, you know, for have for having that place in pop culture. Although Dirt Road Anthem also, in hindsight, feels like genuinely the start of something. Am I right? Because I, I, I wasn't really into country music at the time, but in hindsight, it felt like something. I think they're both like I really do think they're both pretty important songs. Like Dirt Road Anthem may have been a little more low key important in that it mm-hmm. sort of 
was probably the biggest example. I think it might be the biggest selling digital country song ever. Maybe. So it sold 10 copies on digital? <laughs> no, like 4 million or something. It sold a lot. I, I, but... I, I, yeah, I, country music, for some reason, has not really quite caught up to the streaming revolution yet but <laughs> but but like you look at you look at kind of the whole country rap conversation that we've had in the last two years with everyone from Lil Nas X to people like Yellow Wolf and you know this was an example all the way back in 2011 11, 2012 yeah. yeah 2011 that uh, of like a real hip-hop beat behind a country song and it was interesting that Danny said at the beginning like he hears that and hears it more as a country song because I think country has generally been a lot closer of friends with rock music. And when I hear Cruz, I hear like a real country rock groove. And obviously that even got a rap remix, but um, it says a lot about the where country music has come in the last decade that I, I would say to someone that's not a huge fan that Dirt Road Anthem sounds a little closer to what they think of as a country song than Cruz does. So I think they're both really, really influential. I would say Cruz as like the... As you said, kind of the ultimate example of bro country, but maybe Dirt Road Anthem was a little more of a sign of things to come. Dirt Road Anthem, like I, I know Aldine, I was looking up what he said about it, and he was like, okay, he's like, yes, I, I do talk on it, but it's not a country rap song, really. I'm not a rapper. I'm not Snoop Dogg. I'm not Kanye West. But when you listen to it, it definitely feels like something different, or even like in the 2000s, you had, you know, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, and you had mm-hmm. Cowboy Troy. You had honky tonk, but donk a donk. <laughs> That's a real thing, by the way, Danny. Like, <laughs> I don't. I didn't tell you for a minute. Here's okay. Here, but here's the thing that I, I want to ask. Um, you're saying that these things are are influential. Uh, they came out in 2011. So what I want to get a real vibe off of is what was the state of country music around like 2008 to 2010 and then what did it become in the in the couple years after 2011 as a result of these two songs the big names in two th- of the of the 2000s i'd say were like Brad Paisley, Kenny Chesney, Toby Keith. And these Toby Keith and these are jokers i guess they're they're funny they're funny guys and i i grew up listening to music 90s music in you know 90s country music and a lot of it is so corny and if it was sellout stuff it wasn't pop it was more like easy listening like Celine Dion or stuff like that and somewhere around the the turn of it it became a lot like less old people humor and more like like I said bro country it's for young people it's for the very young who want to drink and party and that feels very different from where it was before that. And like the stuff like Honky Tonk with Donka Donk, that's it was like a joke and it was like hip hop ish, but it was like a novelty. It wasn't like the state of things, I think. And I, I kind of assumed that w- once Big and Rich didn't become like the biggest superstars in the world, like that was just going to be a dead end. But like it was just like a delayed thing where like around the, the turn of the decade, that's where it really started to take hold. And like Dirt Road Anthem is like the, f- the first big one, I think of when I was like, yes, this is the future of country music. No, I mean, I think the broad strokes, that's like exactly, I'd agree. I think you look at 2000s music, the way I'd answer your question, Danny, is like, I think that the biggest factor in what kind of changed the sound of country music from 2000 to 2010 was the demise of rock radio uh, kind of going out of style as a relevant format. And country really enfranchised it because this was also like the Dixie Chicks uh, got canceled and then like 
got themselves uncanceled, but were like, we want nothing to do with country music. And so suddenly there was this vacuum of, uh, they were such a huge part of airplay that that kind of caused this trend where all the women in country were suddenly disappearing from the format because, I don't know, it created a void. That's a longer discussion. But women were suddenly out of the format. Uh, rock radio was dying. And a lot of those sounds were coming over to country music. And I think a lot of that kind of, you know, I think the term is butt rock sound started to appear on in country music. And a great example of it is the producer of Cruise, uh, Joey Moy is most famous for producing Nickelback. So I think like that's a, a pretty good example, I guess, of what I would say was one of the big defining factors. So I think that's kind of where we were around 2010 was the format had gotten, I don't know, people don't look fondly, I would say, at this era of country. Country fans are going to tend to point to the 90s and people like Shania uh, and even George Strait at that time and Brooks and Dunn as kind of, I've heard some people use the term power country. These are, This is the stuff people love to rally behind and say that they love. And it kind of pleased a lot of people. This was a much more divisive era. Yeah, it's a funny thing because I was a country fan in the 90s. And I remember like that was a, you know, that was the time of Garth and a Billy Ray Cyrus and uh-huh. Shania, of course. This was a big explosion in the popularity. And I remember there was like some concern for the time, like, you know, I was like this, I guess this is like the start of what you would call stadium country and everyone loves it now. And I loved it at the time, but there was, there was a little bit of concern, like among the purists about, you know, the gigantic billion dollars that Garth was raking in. I was like, this is, you know, is this real country? Of course, nowadays compared to like the 2010s country, this is like the most authentic stuff you could ever, it might as well be the Carter family. (laughs) <laughs> back in the 90s yeah it's part of the soul of country music that that debate is built in i feel like it's very similar actually in the rap world where kind of like the authenticity dilemma is it's always interesting to have that conversation but increasingly uh, the longer i've been a country fan the more i've realized that's just always going to happen yeah but uh, going back to nickelback like once i read that like something really unlocked for me in understanding what it is that cruise is doing different there is like an edge to cruise that I don't think really existed. And like country and rock have always kind of had like one hand around each other, but like, this is a different kind of sound that cruise brought in there. Oh, it hits hard. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to sort of draw an analogy um, because um, Grady, you had brought up like there were all these women singers and then this thing happened with the Dixie chicks. And then there was a vacuum. And like, I think part of that, like not to, you know, separate the genders, but like, you know, bro country suggests like a certain degree of masculinity, which is going to have a have things hit hard, I suppose, in a certain way. And what it makes me think of is actually the 1950s and when girl singers went out in the bro building era and when like all of these like doo op guys kind of came in and it was a, like a sudden really big change. It changed the type of music, the tightness of the music. And it also, I think, um, made it. Like corporate's the wrong word, but it was streamlined because they literally there was a building where people went in and would sit and write songs, whether they were men or women. But they were primarily, I think, for a time writing for boy groups. And uh, and it kind of it for whatever reason, as you were talking about that, it made me think of that particular era in music, which is the 1950s. My other question that I have because again, I'm trying to bring the people who don't know anything at all about country music angle is. Um, 
uh, I watch television. I watch uh, reality television. I watch competitive reality television. And so, therefore, I know who Blake Shelton is. Mm-hmm. Where does Blake Shelton fit into this equation? Blake Shelton transitioned into the bro country era extremely seamlessly, is what I remember. Is that right? Uh, totally. I mean, he. you go back to the beginning of his career, and he was singing like ridiculous songs about answering machines for his ex-girlfriend named Austin and songs about his like escaping prison uh, with his, that dog old red that got him yeah. out of prison. And uh, he had a big mullet. And then, you know, you would not have pegged him as the guy that would become, you know, such like the face of country music and kind of the, the Ken doll to Miranda Lambert's Barbie. And, you know, if you're to believe any of the rumors that, you know, go around about that couple, those were not the correct stereotypes for those two. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, they, they definitely look, it, it pays to be the power couple of country music as Tim and faith learned as, you know, Tammy Wynette and George Jones learned back in the day. And, uh, that was definitely Miranda and Blake both just became stratospherically huge stars. I would say around the time that they got married, but Blake's also one of the savvier country stars that there is and adapts to trends very well. Well, we were talking about, you know, this is a bro country. Part of it was that they were younger and part of it was that they were bros. And I don't know, this was the start of a very extremely overwhelmingly male decade in country music. And that is just so bizarre to me because, like, from, like, the start of country music, country music has had a pretty good equal gender representation. And that changed right around this time. And, you know, Florida Georgia Line themselves get a whole lot of flack for it. Like, they're like, you you did this. And I was, like, watching the video and, like, there's, like, they've got, like, two girls each. They're, they're playing strip poker. I mentioned this briefly. Something called Tomato Gate. Yeah, you don't know what yeah. this is, Danny. But basically some power broker, he said that like, no, I don't think we really need that many women in country. Women are like the tomato in the sandwich. You know, they're not the bread or the meat or the condiments or the lettuce or anything. Just the tomato. Do I have that right? It was a salad. But yes. Oh, oh, even better. (laughs) Men are the lettuce. Women are the tomatoes. I, how dare, how dare you, sir? I love tomatoes as someone who is part Italian. That's like, I mean, they're definitely a more exciting element of a salad than the lettuce. But yeah, what a weird, like, it's also like, you know, I get the, I get getting I canceled or whatever for that, but like, also, that makes no fucking sense. Well, uh, the lettuce gets most of the, the play, is, is where we're going with this. I guess, it just seems like a really bad analogy. <laughs> yeah, people were angry about it, but it's not like that changed, at least not right away. I think we're getting closer back to where it was before this decade, right around now-ish, but it's been a long, long slog to get uh, even to the point where Maggie and, or Maddie and Tay can like, get any kind of play again. Yeah, it's it's become, I mean, part of it is definitely, I would say, like sexist barriers to entry in the industry, and then part of it is just like the country is fixated on radio as the way to break everyone. They are like really obsessed with FM radio as the only possible method for launching their stars as if the internet doesn't exist. And the sad reality of radio in the 21st century is they want to do nothing to rock the boat. They're at junk bond status already and they just want to make it as predictable as possible what you're going to hear when you turn on the radio. And so I imagine... You know, every country station has just gotten more and more and more and more homogenous to the point that now, like, they don't want to 
you know, people might not be used to hearing a female voice, so we won't even play one on the radio. It's just been infuriating for so many great artists. And if there's a silver lining, it, it's that I think a lot of the women just said F it and we're going to make way more interesting music if we're not going to get played on the radio anyway. And you have Miranda Lambert making like experimental double albums and Ashley McBride putting out just stellar stuff. And and, and it's cool. Casey, and finally, Casey now, Musgraves, obviously. Oh, yeah. Bajillion yes. Grammys. But yeah, that's kind of the setting. That's like the overall kind of where we were at this decade, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I do kind of wonder if Florida Georgia Line would get less shit at the very least if they were still doing the same thing they were doing, but also the women hadn't disappeared. Like they could you they could be the you know the dumb bros that they are, but it felt like they were not just having the the sexy babes in the video, they were also like shoving out the other voices. I think they, like I said, they became like the uh, the poster boys for this, especially because they actually became huge pop stars in the way that Jason Aldean did not. Yeah, I think they definitely were. There is definitely a little bit of a whipping boy thing where like kind of how like Mumford and Sons took all the brunt of the whole <laughs> kind of like folk pop movement and like yeah. the suspender snapping bands that uh, shout in their choruses. And, you know, they kind of got up in their heads about it. I will say to Florida Georgia Lions credit, they kind of those guys seem to be pretty Teflon. Like they, they <laughs> have been attacked from all angles from everyone for years and just kept, kept doing their thing. Yeah. It does seem to kind of roll off them. They don't seem to get all that defensive about it, except for that, the name of that last album, which kind of did make me, well, that will take. Yeah. I mean, look that, uh, you know, as someone told it's me called recently, the, you can't say we ain't country or something like that. Can't say I ain't country. Yeah. It needs a copy editor as someone says. Yeah, well, they, you know, they're doing <laughs> tracks with Selena Gomez and Haley Steinfeld and stuff. Like, and what would you say, the Chainsmokers? Like, yeah, I yeah, missed that one. At least they didn't go full reputation. Didn't. Or did they? <laughs> I guess I wouldn't know. It's unclear. Yeah. That's what, that was, what was, look, that album had, it was like one half kind of these songs that were, they were kind of re-upping their countryness. And a lot of them were written by this guy named Hardy, who basically... He's getting popular now, and he's kind of redone what Florida Georgia Line did in, a, I would say, a much more effective way and a better written way. But in any case, that album was confusing because they put out this like really sort of like sex jam, more urban influence song as the main single from it. And you're like, how are you going to be photographed in a barn with an album called Can't Say I Ain't Country and release <laughs> this song, Talk You Out of It, about just like wanting to, you know have sex with your girl as kind of the main statement. It, it, just, it was like when Justin Timberlake was going to put out man of the woods. And then what was that <laughs> weird, like robot, like Apple conference? Filthy. Like, yeah. Filthy. When he put filthy out and you were like, dude, remember this whole thing, this whole photo shoot in Montana, you can't do filthy after that. <laughs> it was just, their branding was off on that record. It was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like we haven't given dirt road Anthem. It's a, uh, it's due because I remember that song being absolutely everywhere. And like I said, it feels different, not only because Jason Aldean is like rapping the verses, but also it's like, I didn't notice this till like the 20th time I listened to it in preparation for this episode. There's no bridge on that song. And I feel like that more than anything, it's like, this feels like it was written differently than the country songs of my youth. Like just that steady beat, Throughout the entire song, the chords don't change. It's not structured all that differently from Old Town Road. And it was written by a couple of people who got famous later, right? Am I right about that? 
This was no, this was Colt Ford and Brantley Gilbert. So Colt Ford is like a he's actually been in the Florida Georgia Lion camp too. He's this ginormous guy. He's like a country rapper that a lot of the big country stars are friends with, but he's never had his breakout moment. They they tried to launch uh Oh, some Broadway actress. It was when Scott Borchetta was determined to make country EDM a thing. Laura Bell Bundy <laughs> and Colt Ford oh, had from, this. from that 70s show. Oh, was she on that? Um, yes. I didn't watch. But but yeah, they had this song called like, oh, it was like some terrible song called like Get Up or do si do or something. And he was, uh, he was the featured rapper on it. But yeah, he's never really had his moment in the sun, but he has a lot of hits. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Laura, I'm thinking of a different actress who tried a country that's star. Laura, but... That's Laura Prepon. Is that what you're talking no, about? No, she did not also. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Laura Bell Bundy, I, I'm aware of. She's got a few free tracks on Rock Band, but she never caught on. But, but dude, Dirt Road Anthem, I, I kind of like took a second look at this song when I got TikTok at the beginning of quarantine with everyone else. <laughs> because you t- that song... You know, like my algorithm is very trained toward country music themed TikToks. And there are a mm-hmm. lot of teenagers to this day standing in front of their truck or standing in, like, you know, out in the country doing some kind of dance or lip syncing to Dirt Road Anthem. Um, it is st- it has remained very, very, I would say, relevant as, you know, people talk about different types of, of Southern culture and different types of. There's like Yee Yee is like more redneck and Yeehaw is more cowboy. And this would definitely fall more into the Yee Yee side of things. Um, there's definitely, this is kind of a rallying cry, I would say. And this, this is sort of Jason Aldean's thing. Jason Aldean like really represents what he calls the flyover states. He has a song about that. And he the wants flyover he, states, yeah. He's very much like, even on the song, it talks about like back in the boys in blue. And, and I think this is very much like, become an anthem you know hello i guess (laughs) i didn't i feel stupid making this point immediately uh but dirt road anthem really has become an anthem for maybe places where there are dirt roads so you know it's a funny thing uh you know i i mentioned that florida georgia line is the one who's crossed over and has done it multiple times now at this point like i can hear them on the pop radio all the time i think maybe i've heard jason aldean once or twice because of that kelly clarkson song it seems like he's tried very hard to do what Florida Georgia Line has has done, which has become like a crossover guy. Because I I heard that R and B song he did, it was uh, you know burn it down, and to me that is like the preeminent symbol of man, what happened to country music? And you're what gonna blow your mind that- right now. You're gonna blow your mind right now. You know who wrote burning it down? Who? Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> well, why didn't they do it themselves? <laughs> they had enough. They had enough of their kind of like weird R&B infused sex jam music. But yeah, dude, when you see Jason Aldean in concert, here's what I'll say. Jason Aldean is profoundly boring to watch in concert when he is singing songs like Dirt Road Anthem or Burning It Down. Anything that's got that kind of beat behind it, that kind of like hip hop beat underneath it you can tell that's just not where his heart is. And the second it like feels more influenced by like seventies rock and that kind of like machismo and big blaring like power chords, he is so dynamic and like running around on the stage. And it's just a like, I think he only does the R and B stuff cause he knows it sells, but there's not one piece of me that believes him when he says the stuff that he says in those songs at all. I'm gonna, gonna knock your old mouth out or something like that. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, boy! I'll tell you, nothing really turns me off quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like that's you know what? Like that's the thing. Like if I listen to the both those songs, right? Like I, I can listen to Cruise and understand empirically that they're two bros that like their cars and 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 want to look at w- women of of a type, I suppose. But like like I don't get. I'm not mad at that. Like I you know I guess we could have a long conversation about like the state of country sexism, women trying to break into the industry, but like. The the concept of it, just like guys wanting to drive in a car with a girl that they think is pretty, like seems fine to me. I don't connect with it at all, but like I I'm aware that um, men exist that are like that. They're just not me. Um, whereas yeah, that like put like like whatever that stuff is about like punching somebody in the smart mouth or whatever. Like that makes me think of like when Axl Rose was yelling, get in the ring on use your illusion too. like, shut the fuck (laughs) up, man. Like, I don't believe you for a second. I tell you, I think anybody from hit parader could kick your ass. Boy, I really come for Axl Rose. He's been very good lately, but that era of him and saying that stuff, like I believe that he was mad, but it was like being the equivalent of a keyboard warrior. You know what I mean? Like, I don't buy it. Colt Ford is, like you said, is like this giant rap guy, or at least an attempted rap guy. Uh, he probably meant it a little more than than Al Dean does. You know, it's it's a funny, you know, Dirt Road Anthem, if if you want to cancel it for anything, it glorifies drunk driving. It's right there in the chorus. He's swerving like he's George Jones. If you don't know this one, Danny, George Jones once got a DUI on a, on a riding lawnmower. He didn't you know gotta, that one. You gotta, you gotta respect the hustle. Oh, everyone respects <laughs> it. It's a, it's everyone's favorite con- classic country music story. Getting a DUI on a John Deere lawnmower. It's impressive, but, but yeah, but like, did but does that song involve going and taking your car to a place where you get like caught in the mud? That's the thing. I watched your video, Todd, and that's how I know the thing about with the with the with the, the mud thing. But but yeah. yes, yes, the actual last line of the chorus is "I'm hitting easy street in mud tires." So. <laughs> you actually nailed that one. No. <laughs> oh yeah, man, I, which song? Which song do you want to get muddy to? I guess is the question. Uh, I'd, I'd always go with Brad Paisley's "Mud on the Tires." Just straight <laughs> up. Okay, there you go. You know, that's less. I'd, I'd say that's more about taking a nice Jeep out in the mud than actually mudding in a four wheeler. But uh, yeah, if you listen to, I mean, there's a whole country rap scene now with guys like Upchurch and Adam Calhoun and Jogga Boys, and that's not a scene I particularly like, but. That is where like mudding really lives now, and if and if there is kind of a gateway into that scene, which I would say is very very ignored for a lot of reasons by everyone in the mainstream, um, this would kind of be that song. I'd say this is like as close as the mainstream could get to the real country rap scene without uh, country music not knowing what to do and having to hit abort. What's the guy with the the my truck song? Breland. Breland. Is he part of that, or is he like the mainstream version? No, 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 version? no, 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 no. Very far. He's very much the mainstream version. I'm talking like he's the sellout Hot 100 version of this of this stuff. Well, he's kind of one of these. He's one of many artists that sort of retrofitted into country because people recognize there is so much glamour in disrupting country music. Because I do think there is like you know. I do think that there are a lot of narratives about country music and country fans that are really made in bad faith by a lot of people in media that like to kind of frame the industry as somehow being sort of like backwards and it wouldn't accept like, you know, a rapper in country, even though you look back here and you're like, well, there was a ludicrous like remix on this 2011 song. Breland, I would say he's like a Berkeley guy that sang my truck. And then a label was like, Ooh, Lil Nas X caused a lot of controversy. Let's just like get this guy and uh, have him put this out in country music. But 
He's also, yeah, anyway. I could say a lot about that. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Ludacris and Nelly, who had the better rap remix, would you say? Oh, see, I, I think I think for sure Nelly. Like, Nelly has been on this, like, game wanting to flirt with country music from the very beginning of his career. Oh, um, he cashed in on that real early. Like, wh- he was way ahead of the game on that. 100%. With the, the Tim McGraw thing in, in 2004. And even in his own music. Yeah. I was listening to uh, the uh, Florida Georgia Line Nelly thing, and I don't realize if I knew this at the time, but like that's a completely different song from the, the original version. It's mixed entirely differently. It's got di- not only a rap verse, but even the lyrics are different. There's like added ly- the, the thing about the turn your radio up, get your mm-hmm. radio up. That's not in the original version versus the ludicrous version of Dirt Road Anthem, which is just the same exact song with uh, Ludacris popping in to put in a patented verse, which, you know, he, at the time, he was, like, churning out, like, one of those every three minutes. Totally. I think I can even hear where they, like, clumsily paste his his part in there. Like, I can hear the Pro Tools edit where they, like, like, okay, we're adding a a few more measures here. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's... (laughs) I mean, I'll say that I feel like I haven't even like really said just this ba- very basic statement about Cruz. I just think Cruz slaps as a song. I don't think it's <laughs> substantive. I don't think it's that like it's not saying anything. Neither of these songs are saying anything that interesting. And there's a lot of lifestyle posturing going on in both of them. Yes. But Cruz is a song that you just w- I want to turn it up. It is like onomatopoetic in that way. It is a song about turning up a song. And by God, it makes me want to turn it up. And I think like that, the kind of like the way the chorus hits so hard, it is fun. That song makes me smile. And I think it's hard to make a, there's something so glum about Dirt Road Anthem. Even if I think it's kind of a vibe, I think it's so glum. And Cruz is happy and fun and a banger. I don't know why I have such a soft spot for this song. There, There's a way in which like Florida Georgia Line, man, I have shit on them a lot in their career. That freaking yummy remix they did earlier oh, this year. It's a big man. no for me. But with Cruz, I think the reason I kind of like this song is that they started this trend of kind of like douchey party songs. They, they're the ones that made it happen. And I kind of have more respect for that. They rolled into country music with their own vision for what they wanted to do. And to kind of like they roll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, to their credit, I think they did. And I have a lot less respect for the assembly line of people that copied them. Kind of how I feel about Dan and Shay now. I mean, Dan and Shay take a lot of crap for being like 180 degrees different and these like sensitive little boyfriends that make nothing offensive to anyone. But now there's, you know, like 45 guys copying them. And I'm like, I kind of respect Dan and Shay in this case. So that's a little bit how I feel about Cruz. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I tell you this one, like, I, I feel the same way. And, uh, you know, like I said, when I first heard Cruz, I, I did not like it at all. And especially, uh, I want to say Georgia, I just hated the look on his face. He had an asshole haircut. <laughs> I just couldn't stand looking at him. And like I they have pulled a little grudging respect out of me. I guess I I'm, I'm still not a fan, especially that new song they have where like I love my country. Like expect that to be real high on my worst list. Their songwriting I I would say is getting extremely lazy. Extreme there's a lot of my least favorite line in country music that you hear everyone say lately is we we do what we do, or we're out here doing what we always do, or we're just doing what yeah, we sure do. Sure are. Oh, I I hate that line. It, there nothing could say less than we're doing what we're doing. Um, and it is 
peaking. It's creeping up in a lot of FGL songs. But dude, this uh, their producer. I mean, I think Joey Moy deserves a little more credit here. Uh, and over time, I've realized this. Joey Moy, now that he's not working with Florida Georgia Line anymore, has a new sort of protege, and it's Morgan Wallen. So whatever the secret sauce is of what makes some a song a super hit, this guy just gets. If you've gone from Nickelback to Florida Georgia Line to now Morgan Wallen, yeah. Well, you know, I was. I was a big anti-Nickelback guy. I was a big anti-Florida Georgia line guy. <laughs> but I am all in on Morgan Wallen. Like, put all my chips on that guy. I That guy that guy rules. Wow. That guy's career is over. You realize you said that now. <laughs> and now you've destroyed this person's career. Yeah, I have. I'm Tostradama st- strikes again. <laughs> if I was actually picking stock, I would have, like, bankrupted quite a few companies right by now with my bad picks. I don't know. I, I, I feel good about Morgan Wallen. Like... I hope he feels well. He hadn't caught the, the COVID, but well, oh, <laughs> he got canceled from Saturday Night Live this week. Um, yeah, so he seemed like it was funny. Well, I mean, like this is a pretty far afield. But it was very weird watching him respond to what happened because he did it in that like I've let everybody down. I'm a huge failure, and it's like you blew it, man. Just just acknowledge what it was. Like he took it so big, and like I think I genuinely think that he he believed every word he said. I just wish that somebody who was a little bit older than him came in and said, like, listen, man, uh, uh, you know, I wish he had a therapist to be like, <laughs> you fucked up. You should acknowledge that you fucked up. But like you didn't this. You are not the apocalypse. You made a dumb mistake in the apocalypse. Just own it. Acknowledge that the thing was not good. Be grateful that SNL has said, we'll we'll slot you in later and move on. Dude, it doesn't two have to be any two more or less you. than that. Pastor's kid. Um, yeah, you, there's you, you, pastors, kids. It's it's like, uh, you know, I feel bad for them, but they don't I don't think always understand the idea of like the boundaries getting stretched. It's either like they were fully broken or nothing. Yeah, it's a, he seems like a nice guy. Anyway. All right. Um, I feel like we have danced around a lot of stuff. We're right, going to use the, the three me, uh, questions before we before we wrap it up. I, I want to say, I, like I said, I'm all in on Morgan Wallen. I think you have talked me into picking crews over Dirt Road Anthem because at the when I started this, I was like kind of at like a four or five out of ten for both of them. But I, I, I do feel like there is something a lot more authentic at the very least, authentically stupid, but authentic about Cruz versus Dirt Road Anthem is just a trend rider. Well, it's a trendsetter, but it's also it's not as real, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you this: I like Jason Aldean's song he's got out now a lot more than Florida Georgia Lines. I I love my country. That song oh. fucking sucks, dude. I I, t- I I think Jason Aldean he can be very hit or miss, but I think there you know he's had so many hits at this point that there are some like real gems, and he's very steady. He doesn't try many new things like he does with Dirt Road Anthem, but a lot of times that works really well. All right, so like you were saying, Danny, it's time for the three questions. Yes, I think that we spent a lot of time talking about country music in general. Mm-hmm. It was necessary for this episode. I think a lot of people who we are to our podcast yes. were like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't know any of these things. So it was nice to sort of be able to hear that stuff and find things within my music knowledge, sort of attach it to. So now it makes sense. <laughs> so let's focus on these three songs in particular. Um, so question number one is: uh, one of these songs must be lost to time. Uh, go away forever, and only one of the two can remain in the mind of humankind. Uh, which of the two is more important to the culture? Well, like, which one would have the biggest impact if we uh, removed it, or which one 
Which one has to stay? Which one has to stay? Which one, if it went away, would be so catastrophic that how would we live? I don't know. Do we have a cruise without a dirt road anthem? That's the question. I I think you do. It's man, it's it's freaking hard because my DMs. I would say these are probably the two most commonly mentioned songs that people say got them into country, and now they're like, now I hate Jason Aldean, and I only listen to like Sturgill Simpson and Tyler Childers, but I wouldn't have listened to it without Dirt Road Anthem, and they say the same thing about Cruise. So I think they're both very important as like, if you were 17 at the time, and you're kind of like, oh, I sort of like this, and now I might have way better taste, but um, I'm going to say Cruise is the more important, because I think it's a bigger gateway for more people. Um, Especially since it had the rap remix and it crossed over. In the way yes. that I mean, the ludicrous thing was just a novelty. No one really listened to that, right? I I don't. Not no, no. That was more of like a promotional thing. But at the same time, yeah. I think it did bring a lot of people with a more hip hop sensibility into the genre. So I don't know. I don't know. But I'm saying cruise by a hair. Okay, I think that's fair. That's I uh, you you convinced me on that one. <laughs> I I yes. Let me weigh in on this one. No, I yeah. I know I have no idea. Um, <laughs> one of the cruise sounds more like a song I'd I'd hear on yeah, like on like regular radio, which you did. So which I, I'm, incredibly popular although i'll tell you something this was really fascinating to me on one of the the pop stations that they censor out the rap verses of i heard a version of cruise remix with nelly removed but it wasn't the original version it was cruise remix without nelly interesting it was the weirdest thing i've ever heard in my life that's very so like i mean i guess that's especially for the every everything but country and rap crowd (laughs) question number two Mm -hmm. um you could be a fly on the wall you can this is this is sort of like a a a structure thing where it fits Mm -hmm. structurally um and you can kind of see soup to nuts not just the creation of the song but um like actually like the the part where they go in the studio if there's a music video involved that for some reason you have a great abiding desire (laughs) to see the creation of uh for these two that would also count uh but you can only do it for one. What is the one that you wish you could kind of see the full creation, the full creation story of? Well, if we're doing by the videos, I mean, the hot girls are all in the cruise video. So I guess that's what (laughs) first is like the actual recording of it. I, I am, I, I do kind of wonder what it was like watching Colt Ford, write His raps and like Jason Aldean being persuaded to, to uh, record it. That's because like I said, that was a groundbreaker in its way. And it was like a big risk that Aldine took. So I guess I guess I would go with Dirt Road Anthem, at least for the actual music part of it. I think I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, like Aldine is like a, a not especially ingratiating person. He's sort of like, he just kind of like has a mean mug about him. And, and Colt Ford <laughs> has like a similar like offensiveness about him, like always kind of geared up to fight. So it would be interesting to see that. Aldine's also married to that... Uh, it was like a girl from American Idol that was like a top 16 contestant and he ended up leaving his wife and now he has this way younger like babe of a wife and they sometimes make YouTube videos together and he doesn't seem like he wants to be there and it just feels like there is fun dynamics you could watch um, seeing his working process but I'm glad you actually said that about like how he took a big risk because that is a point that I'm like yeah much yeah. as I'm not that fond of Dirt Road Anthem that was a risk. All right the final question the good question. They're Go all good questions. How dare you? Uh, yeah. All right. So this is a question of uh, of quality lyric. Um, William Shatner. Uh, we're all familiar with him. He's uh, is a captain of a starship. He's a guy who rides a horse. 
He is uh, a, a gentleman of many skills. One of them is not Twitter. But he's, you know, he could, he does a, a Shatner version of things every now and again, songs. Uh, if we were going to have William Shatner do a version of one and only one of these songs, which one must be shat upon? It's, <laughs> it's got to be the road anthem. I would very much love to hear. I mean, Jason Aldean's rap is not all that different from Shatner's rap, honestly. But doesn't that put you in the other direction? Because that's the thing, because then it's been done. It feels like it would fit his cadences really well. I want to hear him say, and we're we're like cornbread and biscuits. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear him just say that line. Is that is that from Dirt Road Anthem? Yeah, we like cornbread and biscuits. If it's broke around here, we fix it. Chilling on a dirt road. Dirt road, dirt road. Dirt road, dirt road shining. I actually don't know how the lyrics to the song. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> Well, I think that's, I mean, like, to have, like, an actual serious answer to the question, like, if we were just going to say, take the Shatner part out of it, I know, hard to believe, but, mm-hmm. um, and just look at the lyrics and say which one, because in country music, I mean, lyrics are, or at least should be, important, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. a big part of country. I, I still okay. think Dirt Road. I think, like, Cruise works better as a song, but I do think, like, Dirt Road Anthem is, it's doing a thing that a lot of country songs do which is just painting a setting all around you. And I think the setting is kind of a pandering one. Um, It's kind of this like imaginary snow globe of, you know, like rural forgotten about uh, small towns where, you know, people somehow, I don't know, really want to eat just cornbread and biscuits and all they're doing is looking under their hood. Um, And I think there's more to life everywhere than that. But I guess just like, this song takes a lot more time to do that, to actually say, to talk about the food, to talk about the setting, to talk about the roads, to talk about the cops, to talk about drinking, to like, you know, you're in more of a place. And I always think like, if you want to hear something narrated, um, you want to hear the place described. And Cruise, I'd say, is more about just like the vibe and not so much about <laughs> setting you in a place. I think that's fair. All yeah. right. Um, now is the time when Todd reads... The comments. Uh, the comments were of a type this this week. That's all I'll say. But okay, I I mean I think you should just take the ones that say "fuck you," because <laughs> I, I saw as I was going through them, there were quite a <laughs> quite a few. Yeah, um, and I'm so used to them being "fuck you" to me that it was kind of nice to see the other side. Yeah, um, I, Grady, I think you are much kinder to these two songs and fairer to them than our uh, our beloved listeners, like. I have many on here that just say the word no. <laughs> a lot of people were not happy that they had to vote on this at all. <laughs> okay, okay, this is more fun. This one, like this one says no. Heather writes, so first, fuck you, Todd. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knaber writes, there is no lesser evil here. I abstain. <laughs> Dipdop writes, what's the polar opposite of a Sophie's choice? <laughs> Aaron Ruska writes, I'm just going to go listen to some Chris Stapleton and pretend neither of these songs exist. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Wow. Okay, but let's, away away from all that, Donovan writes, me listening to Cruz, fuck this sucks, one of the stupidest country pop hits ever. Me 30 minutes later, dancing in the kitchen with my cat, baby you a song, you make me want to <laughs> roll my windows. So we got 
we got some defenders in here. Oh my god, it's here. like the it's like the Enterprise theme song of country music. <laughs> where you're like, this is the worst Star Trek theme song I have ever heard in my life. Five minutes later, yeah. like, yeah. Anyway, Tanner McGuire writes like, on behalf of every sane-minded person in the small town South, myself included. That had to endure Yee Yee boys cruising by the Sonic driving in their lifted light bar installed trucks their parents bought them while flying a Confederate flag out the back, chewing a big hunk of tobacco, wearing the same stupid ass pair of sunglasses, and blasting shit like this out of their subwoofers. Fuck you, Todd. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that guy should be a yeah. songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you a song. All right. Noah Henderson writes, Dirt Road Anthem at least knows what kind of a song it's trying to be. It's a country song that's been written 20 billion times already about nostalgia in the rural South, but at least it has a unified core concept. Cruz feels like one of them wanted to write a song about a girl, and the other one wanted to write a song about a truck, and they had to awkwardly meet in the middle. No, I think they knew. <laughs> I'm going to say counterpoint. They know two things, and they were like, let's just put them together. That was a, that's a, This is a PB&J song, man. Yeah, dude, that was such a it was such a combo that there was a failed girl country singer that had a song called "Girl in Your Truck" song. This was Maggie it's Rose. Like, it came out the I same. I want to be day. the girl in your truck. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it came that out this. Was, yeah, same day as Maddie and Tay. Hilariously. Yes, Maddie and Tay's hilarious anti-bro country girl in a country song song. <laughs> but uh, one last one, Amy Taylor writes. Baby, these are songs. They make me want to roll my windows down and vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Okay. Let's see what the actual vote tally was. And actually, I have to pull that up because I forgot to write this down. Hold on. Very professional. Yep. Well, just for my own cred, I will say, um, you know... I, I I'm trying to put the positive spin on on these two songs, but I think they're so I do think they're interesting because they're like such landmarks. They're like the transformers of country music. Oh my <laughs> gosh, Michael Bay does country. Dude, Joey Moy they, might be the Michael Bay of country music. That's entirely fair. Now let me ask you this: Which do you think won the poll? I think Cruz won the poll. By how much? Because that's also the, the guess. Fifty-three percent. Fifty-three percent. All right. With a total of 295 to 165 votes, that's about a 63% win. Our, our, our winner of Bro Country, the Bro Champion, is Cruz. Nice. So yet another win for Florida Georgia Line. They cannot stop winning. <laughs> like I said, these are both like four or five out of tens for me. So I, I, was, I had no idea. But I guess Cruz was the big crossover hit. So I guess more people feel more fondly for this like Dirt Road Anthem if you've only heard it the first time. Especially with, you know, my listeners are not country fans. So before we tell you what we are doing next, um, Grady, why don't you tell them where they can find you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm on YouTube, just my name, Grady Smith. I'm on uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. It's all Grady W. Smith, and they're all linked under my videos. But I don't really use Twitter very much anymore. I'm down on Twitter these days. But <laughs> yeah, Twitter's uh, a, a living nightmare. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I kind of got off of it sometime in 2020, and I was like, wow, everyone is being such a dick to everyone. I'm done. <laughs> All right. If you, that's where you can catch Grady. If you want to support us on Patreon, we do a bonus episode every uh, this, uh, this month. We're doing School of Rock. That should be fun. Yep. And uh, if you want to toss us a dollar, you want to just spread the word around, you want to leave us a nice review, please, for the love of God, do that. Catch us on Patreon at Song vs. Song. And okay, Danny, 
I promised you we were going to do a Halloween episode. You did. So next week, or next two weeks, we will be doing Ghostbusters versus Men in Black. That's amazing. Ha ha. ha, ha. Oh my God. Oh. So, Danny, who who are you going to call? <laughs> um, John Carpenter. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, we will decide which is the better uh, crazy horror slash sci-fi comedy music theme next week. Catch us, catch us there, everybody. Yes, and thank you for listening to this episode, especially if it was the first one that you checked out after seeing us recommended on the New York Times Best Music Podcasts. That was what yeah. a weird thought that this. If this is your first one, I promise they aren't. Uh, this is an outlier. I usually talk way too much, and this one I only talked a little too much. Well, we certainly have thoughts about Ghostbusters and Men in Black, so it'll be great. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.